From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Um, hey, welcome to the my- winemakers. <laughs> this is Brian Casey with... Uh... Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and the birthday boy, John Myers. Hey, hey, guys. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. And John, are you, are, are you 60 yet? Oh, I don't think John's got us. Oh. He's <laughs> well, it's been a hell of a birthday party, guys. I'm glad we yeah. could make it. <laughs> Have you guys seen that, that progressive commercial where it's the guy teaching old people, like, things not to do? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, it's it's so awesome. They're walking through the store. He's got a group of them, and and he's and one of them is on their phone, on the speakerphone in the store. And he's like, speakerphone in the store, probably not a good idea. And then and then some guy's like looking for a hammer, and the old guy goes over and is trying to tell him, oh, you need you need this kind of hammer. He's like, he doesn't need your help. And then <laughs> and then a guy walks by with blue hair, and they all kind of start to mumble. And he goes, I know, we all see it. We all see it. It's okay. <laughs> it's freaking great. But my mom does that with the with the phone. It drives me crazy. She's always on the speakerphone. It's like everyone in the world is listening to your conversation right now. <laughs> what, what you got there, Sam? This is. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, you can. Yeah, hear me. yeah, yeah. We uh, can hear this you. This is 2020 Val Rossi homage Blanc. That, oh, my fave. That just got. Um, Done fermenting, taken out of barrels, and racked into a tank. Um, no Roussan single bit, no solo Roussan this year. So it's co-ferment, like basically 50-50-50 Roussan. Oh, no, there's no, um, there's no Marsan at all. So it's Roussan and Grenache Blanc, like 60% Roussan, 40% Grenache Blanc. No Marsan. It, it went to... Uh, Maybe it went to Abbott's Passage. I'm not sure. I think that's a good combo. It sounds like a good combo. So all of my wines are dry. Uh, Rosé is dry. Uh, The Malbec is dry. And the Zinfandel is dry. And I have to say, I have to, we'll have to get together and taste it. You know, at this point, they sure taste good. So I haven't sent them in for numbers yet. We're going to wait a little bit longer. And What's the color looking like on the rosé, Bart? I'll, I'll pull a sample of it and show you. Oh, I'd love to see it. I love the idea yeah. of Malbec rosé. And uh, um, Sam, I know um, Dolores Cakebread, I think, passed away. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had ever. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if you had ever met her. I know you guys have some dealings with the family. No, you know, our interaction is with. I guess her her daughter-in-law is Rosemary. Yeah. Um and we uh, you know we sell Rosemary grapes for her own label, um Galicia mm-hmm. uh, or Galicia. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And we sell her Rhone's from Rossi and and maybe Oakville Ranch Cabernet um that go into the Galicia label. 
Okay, and I think um, the winemaker is Jacob Cheney's wife. Jacob used to bartend at the Girl in the Fig. Now he's uh, then he was a buyer for Whole Foods, but now he's a he's a rep. Well, I'm pretty sure his wife is the the winemaker there. Aren't they part of? They're part of the Kendall Jackson family, and I think they are like partnered with Lacoya or something. I think you're thinking of something totally different. Oh, okay, maybe that's a different label. Okay. I I have no idea what you're talking about, Brian. Okay. <laughs> I I just have seen I think we have one of those wines at um at the hotel. Anyway, that concludes this uh, edition of Name That Wine. Name, Name that, that Winemaker. <clears throat> and then I did see that you know, I didn't realize that when we had Megan on last week <clears throat> um talking about the party at Ashens and Diamonds that Heights had just purchased Burgess like like the month before. Right. Right. And and brought her in and you know But when you say Heights, I think you that's like wasn't Heights bought by a big a big corporation or a big wine group. I don't think Heights Heights is Heights not is owned not, by the Heights family. It's not anymore. family owned anymore? No. I, I believe no I'll look it up. So I don't know if anyone um, went to the uh, Ashes and Diamonds party on on Monday. Um no, I'm registered to vote and I don't think I'm allowed to go to parties. I struggled. I struggled right. to find someone and then ended up giving my tickets to, so at the hotel one night, I, I was delivering food to some people that were sitting out front and they were drinking some pretty cool wine. Like it wasn't from our list. It was stuff. And so I, I'm like, Hey, can I just check out your labels? And I was, and I'm like, where did you guys get this stuff? And they said, Oh, we got it in Napa. There's a store we go to ends up. The, um, the woman is the, is a Psalm at Latoque. And she had just moved here from San Diego. She was supposed to do a um, internship at Cardinal that kind of fell through. So then she took a position at Latoque. And then I, I told her about the party at Ashens and Diamonds that she, and she was planning on going there that day, but they didn't make it over there. So, she, and then I saw Instagram feed. I saw a picture of her. Um, at the deal? Register, registering to vote. She was already registered. I think she was trying to, she was like me. She was trying to find someone right. um, that she could bring to the party. So, um, yeah, here it is, April 19th, 2018, Esther Mobley, uh, past podcast guest. Um, friend of the program. Friend of the program. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Napa Winery Heights sold to Arkansas Agricultural Giant. Wow. So. And then, and then that, obviously, that same agricultural, Arkansas Agricultural Giant, say that three times fast, uh, purchased Burgess Sellers earlier yeah. this summer. Speculated, uh, speculated they paid 180 million uh, for heights, 425 acres. Wow. Hmm. So nice property. <laughs> so John, you got you have birthday plans, John? What are you, you? I know you're opening a bottle. I know you're gonna cook something on a grill or in an oven. It's gonna be 97 degrees, so hopefully not the oven. The grill. The grill. Outside. Yeah, Outside. no problem. I'm gonna have fun. Just uh, a okay. Peruvian chicken and uh, a big bottle of Zan, uh, I think. Uh, well, I've come to the conclusion that everybody the the pandemic has to last a year, so everybody has has to have a COVID birthday, because it's just like it's the worst and best thing ever. You know, you do a Zoom or you do a parade, and 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 then you're like 
home alone or home, you know, with the same people you've been home with for eight months. So, you know, has everybody had one now? Brian, yeah, are you I have, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's had a COVID yeah. birthday. Very, very uneventful. Very uneventful. Very uneventful. Woohoo! 12.30 um, podcast session. Awesome Thursday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Brian, have- there's your there's your rosé color for you. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell over the screen, but... Um, well, and for the, for those of you listening, yeah. uh, not the three or four of us who actually are seeing it, uh, it's a it's fairly Very pale. light-colored pink. Uh, you yeah. know, I imagine when it starts to clarify, it'll be... It'll be pink, but it'll be very, 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 very light colored. Um, Which was did you the goal. press it pretty lightly? Uh, I did. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it was a very, very long, slow pressing cycle, and and my yield was not much, but um, you know that that was the point. Was you know Valley of the Moon has made rosé out of these grapes before, and it was definitely more of a Syrah based color. You know, a lot right. more purple and, right. and i wasn't really interested in that it was also kind of big and brooding yeah. um, um so i was trying to have you know a little less of a of of what you i want i didn't want it to identify as malbec how about that in a rosé right. right so and maybe that's not fair maybe you know it should been celebrated for its malbecness <laughs> but we'll yeah, see it's it, first time it tastes you know, really good time. i love the flavor of it well, and I also think it's it's a vintage of um, lightly pressing your rosés from yeah. Northern California. <laughs> well, yeah. right. I mean, yeah. I think that was the that was the message at the time. Also, is yeah, you know, go ahead and make rosé out of it, but press it lightly, and and that's what we did, you know. Yeah. And and I think in past, you know, the other places had, um, or at least the two other people that had made it that I tasted, they had um, destemmed it also. Um, which you know instantly is going to color it up, um, right? Right. So I think without destemming it was helpful. So because you know Malbec doesn't, Malbec has that period where the um, the pulp is very almost white and and even has a green tinge to it. It's not till it's truly ripe that you know the seeds start to separate from the pulp and the pulp starts to you know at least not be be almost green, right. translucent green. Uh, I don't know much about Malbec. Sam and Bart, is everything picked now completely? Anybody who's going to do any? (laughs) (laughs) I I happen to know of some fruit still hanging out there if you want some, John. (laughs) I saw some trucks on the road. Um, Really? We're still, I think we may have finished. Enterprise Vineyards is finished. But there was picks going on this week. Um, You know, if, if you are an estate winery and you you essentially you know there's two ways to pay for grapes right you can buy grapes and you get a bill that you know usually have one payment in november and one payment in march or you can own a vineyard and you have to pay for those grapes in monthly installments to you know in farming costs whether it's a vineyard manager or you know in-house um so in those cases um and you know I, i think uh, our friends of the program, Jamie Benziger, um, from the other, you know, a few episodes ago, is doing this with vineyards at the, you know, the Benziger, in the in the Benziger family. Um, you pick the grapes and you figure out what to do with them, um, even if you're fairly certain 
that there's been enough smoke, you know, smoke exposure for the wine to be damaged. Um, you've already paid for the grapes. You know, you're going to, for the most part, be paying your winery crew regardless. Um, you, you, the, the, the risk is low, um, you know, financially um, to, to go and pick those grapes and make it into wine and see what happens. Um, you know, at least give you something to work with. Well, and, and in some cases, there are places where wine can, you know, go away to. I mean, there are, there is a bulk market out there and, and there will be, you know, or, or, you know, hand sanitizer or whatever. It's, right. You know, everybody has a little different idea what they're going to do. Um, and some people actually have business plans around. It, you know? Some, someone that I work with actually, um, they're, one of their family members works in the wine business the family invested in some grapes from a winery. If I said the name, everyone would know that um, they, so the family all went in, um, the grapes were harvested and they're going to sell the bulk juice on the market. And they think they're going to do pretty well because they think that there's not going to be a lot of um, bulk juice out there for 2020. Um, and they think what it's going to end up, it's going to end up being added. It'll be like 10% of a huge blend of something. You guys know my, my saying, right? No. <laughs> give it Is to us, Bart. Another t-shirt we need to make? <laughs> yes. Yeah, give it to the, us. The solution to pollution is dilution. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's a good t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, you know, I mean, it, it, in, in good and bad ways, it's, um, it's true, you know, um, and, and it, it is, I mean, there are places where wine can get buried like that. I, I don't know. Um, everybody's, that's why people are, are investing in it. They, they have a feeling. It's like playing the stock market, right? Yep. That's what it was kind of sounded like when I was getting yeah. told about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, they got the grapes for a thousand dollars a ton or, something like that. And, you know, they know exactly. somebody who's going to process it for them. I mean, that's just it. It's all a matter of what's being offered. People are not selling grapes at the premium that they would, right. you know, if you're paying $4,300 for some Pinot from Carneros right now. Um, <laughs> buy, buy low, sell slightly less low, I think is the, <laughs> is the 2020 motto for a lot of that shit. Uh, I mean, you know, when we, we harvested from you know i think i talked about it last week we harvested um we i, I never actually meant it was it was a true night pick which we almost never do at enterprise vineyards uh of a large napa property that we farm um and they were you know it was it was what's what's uh an eighth of its normal cost for the, right. per ton for the grapes and it went into a big commercial custom crush facility you know at 30 tons at a time in yep. in in macro bins and uh, it'll be napa valley wine somewhere might even be uh, you know um another appellation I, I don't think so i think it'll be napa valley but it means it could be blended with anything from napa county uh and they'll do whatever they can to it to make it consumable and, and hide whatever defects there might be. I mean, I mean, remember this, there are people, we've already heard about people doing things. You said Sam Rosemary cake bread is doing 
whole cluster carbonic um, uh, Grenache, right? I think right. it was Grenache. I think and, so too. Yeah. And, and so what's to stop some winery to say, have, you know, 30 tons, fill up, you know, three 15 tonners and do that. And all they have to do is make a red wine. Right. It doesn't have to be a red wine of substance. It doesn't have to be a red wine of stature from the vineyard that it came from. It just has to be a red wine that's not defective that people can help. Ex and then, so there's a term, it's called extender. And if you're a winery that might have some questionable wine and you're looking for a wine, you're looking for a wine that is not offensive. It's not too much of anything. It's not too... Um, alcoholic it's not too tannic it's not too one flavor or another and you add it you add this extender to what you have that you like that just gives you a few more gallons right or if you have some smoke taint it helps blend down your smoke taint so there's right. a million ways that this wine could be i imagine that a lot of uh 2019 is going to disappear into into 20 into 2020 wines that it's fixing and you know this may or may not end up with the we'll never see it again i mean that's the that's the interesting thing about it is you know from an enterprise vineyard standpoint is when we deliver grapes to a winery nine times out of ten we're gonna see whether it just ends up a bottle at a christmas party or something but we're gonna see that wine come back with the wineries you know with whoever the, the winemaker is the winery that made it the vineyard that it's from and the vintage it's from and with you know this um, well, it'll disappear. It just disappears into the abyss of, you know, all of the, the sort of anonymous wine of California. It's, it's pretty wild. I heard if you add hydrochloroquine to smoke tainted wines that it helps. Oh, we just, a little injection of bleach into every barrel and you're all you good. Know, I, <laughs> do you know, Donald Trump was right. Um, when it comes to UV light, but you, do you know they're using it in vineyards? As a, as of like a um, killing mildew side, right? Yeah, they're that's that's what they're working on now. Um, you know, there's a uh, we were looking at when I was at Lasseter, we had a, a prototype of a UV light that you put into barrels. Whoa! And uh, by putting it, yep, put the UV light into barrels and sterilize the barrel, and then. Um, Oh, not uh, with wine you, in it. Okay. No, em no, empty not with barrel. wine in it. Okay. Empty. Okay. I'm sorry. You're right. Empty. And then you don't have to use sulfur to preserve the barrels. It was awesome. And it worked. It seemed to work very well. And But the company that was developing it, they they couldn't make it stable enough. You know, it, those light bulbs are very uh, they're very expensive and they break very easily. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, the vineyard. to be into a, a barrel to sterilize it. Uh, I believe what we did, what we were doing was like four minutes and we had actually had two of them and we had them on timers and you'd stick them in at opposite times and turn them on. They would ding when they were done. You just go and move to the next barrel. Huh. Yeah. Maybe that's something I can do in my spare time is revisit that. Revisit the UV barrel sterilization. I mean, that, that was now, 15 years ago and stuff. Well, that, I mean, that's my ASCV question. This year. That's my question about the using it in a vineyard is how long does it have to be on a vine to actually kill off like the, the mildew spores? Can you just like put it on the back of a tractor and drive through a yes. vineyard yes. really slowly like you're, and like they do like it, you're spraying? 
Yeah, you have to do it though four hours after the sun goes down. It has to be like four hours in darkness. And then you can either put it on the back of the tractor or I think it's up in Willamette, somewhere up in Oregon. They're, they have like robot tractors or robots that go through the vineyard and they just make continuous passes. It, it was on Wine Business um, Daily, um, Sam. Uh, I'll try to find it and send okay. it to you. Or I'm sure you can find it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, I think I remember seeing the headline going by, but I didn't pay enough close enough but attention. But it supposedly cuts out like 75% use of um, any um, um, sprays or chemicals. Yeah, I mean, it It seems like a good plan. I don't know, um, you know, what if it does damage. My question would be, does it do, do damage to, you know, especially, you know, early in the season when you're, you know, those first – so those first sprays does it do damage to young growth on the vine i mean what does what does exposure to uv light do i don't i know that we're not supposed to spend too much time around uv light right unless you're at a rave or getting a, or trying to get a tan <laughs> which both are bad for your health both are bad for your health <laughs> tanning tanning's worse i'm pretty sure i hope i hope because <laughs> i've never i've never been to a tanning salon i just should we also comment that John Myers for his birthday is getting um, a bad internet connection, which is leading to no audio. He's, he's talking to us and we can't hear him. Uh, and it's probably, and let's, we should just talk about this. Uh, it's probably because having to do with the, the red flag warning and what they call PSPS, um, where the power company turns off, power grids all over northern california and it's apparently it's knocked out a lot of um telecom you know internet and cell phone service is is way spotty today all over sonoma valley so hoping john if you can hear me that yeah. that's what uh that that's what's going on either that or it's that fancy microphone that you have no man it might be that fancy <laughs> microphone so. can you, i can't get anything i can't get anything there you are. Hey, we can hear you. You got it? Okay, yeah, now we, we can. It. Fine. Okay, perfect. <laughs> You're Hold back. Out. Yeah, okay, good. I'm, I'm happy about that. Happy uh, birthday. Thank you very much, and I appreciate it. You know, I, hey, I'm only, uh, you know, 69, so I'm the old man of a group. That's okay. <laughs> it's more experienced, guys. So. Isn't that a Beatles song when I'm 69? Yes, I think name? so. I think so. 64. 64? 64. <laughs> I think at any age in your 60s, you're allowed to play that song on your birthday. Right. Someone's going to practice it probably at 69. So. <laughs> hey, um, I, I got one. I'm just going to throw it out there and see it, get a laugh out of this. So um, there was a, there's a podcast called Pairs with Life. I've listened to it a few times. Um, and they had a podcast recently on, is there a double standard between male and female wine influencers? And the question is, is, you know, do female wine influencers have to show a little more skin to get credibility? Um, Wait, to get, okay, that's a, that's a leading question. To get credibility or to get followers? Noticed. Right. Well, credibility, I don't think skin equals credibility. No. <laughs> I think well, it's just the then, opposite. And, and, and then I said, are there, are, are there, male wine influencers i mean there are male wine bloggers but i can't think of a lot of wine influence like male um i mean i guess 
I guess MJ Toller would be a wine influencer. Yeah. Uh, uh, but 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 when you think about it, I don't think of it as being a lot of male wine influencers. Well, that's just way- because male wine influencers aren't showing up on your in your algorithm because because I'm because Instagram doesn't think you want to see male wine Instagrammers. Right. Wine right. influencers. And, and that's a very good point. That's a very yeah. good point. Uh, no, I just, I think it's very interesting how here we are talking about the age of wine influencers and, um, you know, and what exactly do they bring to um, helping sell wine? I mean, um, uh, you know, do people actually go on uh, and buy wine uh, because they saw a girl in a pretty dress walking through the vineyard and she says that she just loves it and had a great time there. And, and, and then the, and, more, other influencers show up is exactly is what happens. Right. right. This is what I've um, seen. I've been, I've been checking this stuff out for kind of seeing who follows the Fairmont and then, and then see who follows. I, I'm getting more interested in who's following who with the wine influencers too. And that's what I'm noticing is that it's kind of echo chambery. It's like you, you see the people that you follow, you see that they're following the other people that you follow. It's like this circle of people that are all have common interests that are all liking each other's things. So I don't know. I think the the influencers that just, you know, there's somewhere rarely are they even showing a label. It's like, it's a great, we have a local one. If anyone wants to follow it, it's um, you had me at Bordeaux, which is Gus Gamba's daughter. Um, and she, I don't know if she's currently working for Sandra, the girl in the fig, but she's got like 20,000 followers. And I don't know that she necessarily even highlights a certain wine. It's just really good photography. And it's not like overly, overtly sexual or anything like that. It's, um, it's just very pretty, um, photography. And, um, but I, I, you know, I don't know what it has to do. It's not like selling any particular wine. And then there's some people who is that? Michaela, uh, Michaela Weinstyle. Uh, she does. She actually, you know, gives little. She's always featuring a different wine and then giving like a little bit of information. And generally, it's not anything too technical. And those, I think, are kind of helpful for, for people that are just getting into wine and kind of identify with her and maybe in her age group, and the, and and go, oh wow, I've never heard of that kind of wine before. Maybe I should check that out next time I go to the to the liquor store or something. Right. And, and, and that, rises, that raises a really good point, Brian. I mean, that's bringing more drinkers, you know, it's, it's more consumers, sorry, not drinkers, consumers, and, um, you know, and maybe trading people over from the seltzers to wine and, and stuff, you know, along with the, um, you know, Casey Graybills of the year, day doing, you know, uh, piquettes and other introductory things. Um, I, I, I guess what kind of spurred it on for me was, I think it's interesting that, the fact that there's that much of a interest that, you know, our influencers, it says the final word on this episode for now, this informal, totally unscientific poll speaks volumes to me. And the scientific poll was, is there a double standard between male and female wine influencers? 94% yes, 6% no. And she goes, it's not just a double standard, it's a given, it's institutionalized. I'm still seeking male wine influencers to comment on this issue on the podcast. Um, I've found three so far after 10 refused. 
Um, and, and again, I just think it's interesting that this is such a conversation piece because um, it is just influencers. It's not even like these are, I mean, so you remember when people kind of went away from wine writers in the publications to bloggers and there were certain bloggers that, that carried a lot of credibility. And then some of those bloggers became who we now kind of listen to, the Jeb Dunnicks and, and what, and they use a blog kind of forum to get it out there. Um, and, and that is like legitimate, um, I think wine education and wine, um, taking wine for what it is, right? You know, um, comparative, um, I guess it's putting it at a higher standard. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know. I'm just, now I'm rambling, so. I mean, uh, I think that, go ahead, John. What about Oprah? Now she's a social influencer and you were listed in her magazine last year and it got you a great deal of press and sold wine, didn't it? I'm sorry, John, I, I couldn't hear any of that. Okay. Oprah as a social influencer, a wine influencer from last year. I mean, yeah, he's saying that you were in Oprah magazine. Right. I, okay. I, I mean, I don't think of her as an influence. Well, I guess, I mean, she's an influencer, but not, I wouldn't, I don't think of her as a wine influencer. I think she just happened to have that section. Right. But that is what she was. Yeah. Doing. I mean, is she an influencer? She is. She's an influencer of every, of everything that she touches. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, I guess, I, you know, it's no secret that the person, Oprah didn't select my wine. Someone that works for her, that works for her website selected my wine. And that was a, a, from a suggestion from, you know, uh, from Brian. Understood. Um, you know, and Brian was asked for his expertise. So that's all great. Um, uh, yeah, but you're right, John. It, it was, that's an influencer. I, I, I got the benefit of it. But I, you know, who do I truly have to thank for it? I would say Brian Casey. Well, I think and, want... uh, there's a wine influencer. What is a sommelier? Well, well, for somebody and, influences right. your wine de buying decisions. Well, and and the fact is, is show is more Brian, skin, Brian. Bri Brian has <laughs> Brian. Brian has um, you know become an influencer because he's had a winery now approach him and say, "Hey, can we send you some wine?" And oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was my, that was my first time. <laughs> See, guys, yeah. Too bad you didn't see his face light up when I said that. But, but, but that's pretty cool. And, and I would say Brian Casey is an influencer because of his experience and because of his knowledge of wine. Uh, well, content and is I don't want to right? see him in a pair of short shorts. If, if, hey, Even if it gets more eyeballs on the podcast and downloads, you know, better, better him than me, I guess, for, for all of us. I don't know, Sam. There's a whole... Uh, you know, on Folsom Street, I see a lot of guys like you at a certain time of year in the city uh, wearing some leather shorts. There's a, there's a lot of buying power there. That's all I can say. And Dual, and dual incomes, often not a lot of kids. Uh, you know, they're just getting paid, seven, you know, a dollar to the dollar, not 70 to the dollar. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wine influencers. <laughs> Anyway, we can change the subject. I Should just, we change I, the subject? I was, yeah, I was reading about some of that and just wanted to give our listeners something to kind of think about and look up also. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, what is, if there's a double standard, it means that there's a standard and the only, you know, there is no standard in the, the, the Instagram wine influence, quote unquote, influence world. There's, you know, people who are putting out 
content of all different types and gravitate towards the content that that moves you whether it's um you know a, a wine buying decision or something else um but what is what is the standard um you know yeah. i think if you take responsibility for what you post then there shouldn't be a problem like if right. if 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 you want to take a picture of a of a wine and with just the background of the vineyard and that's your point then that's good but if you take a picture of yourself with the wine and you're in you know all of your cleavage is there then you've made that decision also so you know is it a double standard i guess i mean i don't know i didn't make the decision that person did so one thing anyway, that we, again it's funny it's just a, that it's a subject i think our friend uh, out wines posted it too sorry we keep cutting off yeah. john because there's like a delay on john <laughs> It's all cool. In the ad advertising industry, we always wanted to get press for our clients, but you want press in the editorial environment that is trusted. You want integrity. You know, if, you, if they read about it in, in, a, in a junkie magazine and it doesn't mean anything to them, that's one thing. But if they read about it and they know you're talking you know, to a really good person with integrity and they're what they say you can believe that's where we want it so i think the you know the influencers like oprah are probably uh, stronger for you guys than just somebody who says oh look at me uh i drink wine in beverly hills i mean i, I don't think it matches what you're trying to do right that's all no yeah, it's it's a it's a brand identity it's a brand exercise um and there's you know certain brands that are going to do better with relationships with people who, you know, are taking certain types of pictures on Instagram. Um, but for the most part, you know, certainly listeners of this show um, and the types of wines that the four of us, well, maybe Brian's an exception, but the, at least three out of the four of us like to drink aren't necessarily brands that are going to get any benefit out of um, a, a wine influence account. That's more about the person who's, posting the pictures and what they look like than the wine and the content. That's right. Exactly. And it uh, kind of reminds me of the whole millennial conversation is that, you know, you, you get a lot of eyeballs on something, but it doesn't mean there's any um, transactions going doesn't on. doesn't move the needle. Right. Yeah, that's, totally. very, that's a very good point, Brian. It's very yeah. good point. Yeah. People still, I mean, I, I was just on another podcast the other day with someone who's um, an events coordinator and was, basically an influencer as well and and she was talking about millennials and i i was like yeah did, they haven't done anything that conversation has been going on in the wine industry for five years and they have a lot of followers and they'll put out a lot of content but there's not a lot of purchasing so i think we signed up three more millennial wine club members this weekend at 16600. Nice. So. Well, that's a, that's a big deal, Sam. It really is. That's good. No, and and you know, one of my favorite things, I had the opportunity to work at at the tasting house on um Saturday, I think it was. Yep. And um, you know, because of limited capacity, um Jasmine and I were kind of juggling people around, you know, to make sure everyone was outside and had um social distancing. Um, we ended up doing a tasting in one of the vintage Volkswagen vans, which I thought was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. I actually took a picture myself. They were totally into it too. It wasn't like we put them in there and they were like, oh my God, you're sticking us in a car. They, they were super <laughs> psyched. 
And and as I was leaving, they were still in there. I threw the peace sign at them. They both threw the peace sign out at me out of the Volkswagen <laughs> van. It was cool. Yes. Uh, that might have been one of your couples that signed up. I mean, where I, else I, Where else do you go home from your trip to right. California and say you did a wine tasting in a vintage Volkswagen van? Right. <laughs> uh, shout out West Wine Tours, who are, who are you know, life is slow, but they have signs of life. They're um, running tours. And so even though two of the buses are parked here, um, two of the buses have been on the road uh, doing a lot of private tours. So if you're coming out and you don't want to drive – um and it's not not like the old days where it was a buy two seats on airbnb or airbnb experiences it's you know book out the bus whether there's two of you or four of you or six of you um and and go wherever you want so uh, there's there's things happening i mean you saw people brian this that was a busy saturday that was you know it wasn't necessarily like a busy saturday of october 2019 but um there was people there so I mean, we filled every space and turned. I mean, it was like right. turning tables. Yeah. Right. You know, after after someone's there for two hours, you're like, okay, we right. kind of need you to get up and go. Cause you just start spraying hand sanitizer at them, you know, <laughs> like one I, end I of the actually table. Had to, I had to bribe uh, Gary Larson. He was sitting out front, and I think he's used to spending a lot of time. And I finally just said, hey, can I bribe you with a little Simon's cab? I kind of need this space in like five minutes. And he was like, oh, that's totally deal. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's he basically hangs out until we give him the Simon's cab and doesn't leave then. And and you know, he's bought it sometimes, he doesn't buy it every time. That's yeah. for sure. No, it was good to catch up just with like, him. Here's your rose, Gary. Here's your Simon's cab. Anything else you'd like to try today? <laughs> <laughs> Everything in between, please. <laughs> oh man. But, yeah, yeah, that was so fun. You got your you got your new apron. Yep. Yep. I, le- I left it hanging up there on the hook, hoping that I would be back soon. I had, okay. I actually had fun. It was nice to, you know, cause I'm not doing a lot of at the hotel. It's not a lot of wine related stuff that I do. Right. It right. wines is probably like 5% of what I do at the hotel right now. So it was nice to just sit down and have conversations with people about wine. And um, it felt good. Well, you enjoy doing it. What's that, John? Ahead, you enjoy doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I enjoy about it. And I'm not getting that um, right now at the hotel because of, you know, every, obviously, <laughs> obviously everything's going on. We did we did step it up a little bit at the Water Tower Bar. Bart, you were out there, I think, last week or the week before. Yeah. I don't know if you caught week. I don't know if you caught what was going on there. Um, <laughs> there was, I, 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 I there was a guy. <laughs> OK, so there was a guy who showed up and um with his uh girlfriend half his age he was probably 50 um was he driving the white ferrari i I think it probably was when i went outside i was like i bet that's his um and he um first of all didn't like the selection of vodkas for some reason we didn't have great goose so i and then he didn't he said we didn't have a wide enough selection of tequilas so um, then he so then he ordered a bottle of uh, Silver Oak Napa uh, Cab for two twenty a bottle, and sat down and started drinking that. And so I went down to the, I went down to the cellar and pulled some Grey Goose and some other tequilas. Came up and said, "Hey, if you're going to be staying here a couple of days, we just, didn't, we just didn't do the requisition. You know, sorry, we didn't have all this stuff. I'm trying to make things better." And um, his 
girlfriend said, oh, and I wanted a sparkling rosé and you don't have one by the glass. And I said, actually, we do. We have Gloria Ferrer. We pour it. It's a Blanc de Noir. I mean, it's a sparkling rosé. She's like, oh, well, I'll have a bottle of that. How come? So then, so then he just felt slighted that, you know, we didn't have what he wanted. And then he somehow, I don't know what happened. His girlfriend didn't get what she wanted initially. And so he proceeded to get up and kind of lay into the, to the bartender that was on duty and I was trying to deflect it all basically saying hey this was all my fault I didn't pick up the requisition that's why we didn't have these things blah 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 and, but he was having none of it he just wanted to go after and he, he told me and see you didn't have what I wanted so I ordered this $400 bottle of wine which I just opened it for him it was 220 <laughs> and, he, and he goes and I got two cases of this in my car I'm like well, the only thing I'm thinking is why would you have two cases of wine sitting in your car? It's hot outside. <laughs> well, and in a Ferrari, do you fit two cases of and wine? He, like trying to make it seem like, like this is like toilet water to me. I just pour it out. But I'm like, all I'm thinking is, why do you have two cases of Silver Oak Napa in your car? <laughs> and, 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 I, and I couldn't hear any of that, thank God. But I could definitely see that everybody was very animated. And the one thing I heard him say to you was, you and I, we're good. He goes, yeah. you're going to get your tip. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would, he wanted to go right back to the, uh, the yeah, for some reason he, he liked me. And so he says to me, how long have you worked here? I said, I don't know, like two years. And he says to her, how long have you worked here? She says 11 years. He goes, see, that's what happens. They get complacent. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So we got I'm him. I'm sure he was down. wearing a mask this whole time that he was berating the bartender too, of course. No, right? no. Not a chance. Nope. <laughs> Well, he sounds like a real rude dude. Douchey McDouchers. Yep. So luckily, I didn't see him for the next few days. I was expecting to run into him, but <clears throat> thankfully not. But things like that, I used to take really, uh, you know, used, I used to really get sort of offended or it would, it would, I take it really personally. But now I just do my best to, to make it right. And then I say to myself, I don't have to go home with this person. I am leaving this establishment by myself and go home to my family. <laughs> I don't have to be around that person for the rest of my life like that poor girl. I imagine she probably takes the talking to, you know, it's like talking to, he was, it was like he was talking to a four-year-old. He was just like, so nice guy, huh? So anyway, Bart, so Bart was, <laughs> Bart was there and I didn't, you know, it's hard to kind of go, I didn't want to tell him what was going on because then I had, to, he was pretty close to where Bart was. Um, but we just, we decided to put now linen on the tables, candles out there. I made like a miniature wine list of, you know, the, the who's who of, you know, the Paul Hobbs and the, um, Mary Edwards and the Silver Oak and Jordan, like all the stuff that, you know, people like to see on a <laughs> wine list that just took like, I think there's six wines on it or something, and, you know, two sparkling. And the McLaren Syrah. Oh, and the uh, McLaren Pinot, actually, yeah. Oh, Pinot, or yeah. McLaren Pinot, yeah. Um, but yeah, we and then we uh, we got some lights out there and did did a whole other thing. So we're trying to make a swanky little bistro setting out there under the water tower bar, which is super. I love that space out there, and I wish it. It used to like close at five o'clock, and now you know that's our only space for doing dinner. So we stay open till ten. But I wish throughout the year, COVID or no COVID that that space would get utilized. It's sitting under that water tower that was built in 1923 after that entire property burned down. They rebuilt everything and put that water tower in because they didn't want that to ever happen again. But it's it's striking and I take one of these 
big lights that you use for state, you know, for um, musicians on stage. And I shoot it up at the water tower. So you can see it from all over the property, all over the neighborhood, actually. And yeah, it's just it, a it's really, really cool, cool spot. spot. Yeah. Yeah, really so is. Are, is the sort of swanking up of that space in response to this Mr. Karen with the yeah. Ferrari? <laughs> Mr. Uh, Karen. You know, like, the, like the, the concept is <laughs> if it's if it's a little nicer out there, maybe people won't be such assholes to the bartenders? No, it's actually the opposite. I mean, it, what happens is the opposite. The problem with doing that, because we've been minimally staffed and doing a very like you know, baseline style of service so that it can be consistent. Either it's busy or it's slow, no matter how many people are on staff, they're always getting the same service. Now we've sort of stepped it up, which means that now guest expectation gets higher. So now you've got to raise the level a little bit to meet their expectations. So it's, it's challenging because, and we're using glassware out there, which typically we don't do because it's out by the pool. So we're serving martinis and martini glasses. Everything before was poured into plastic cups. So tough to sell a $200 bottle of wine when you're drinking out of a plastic cup. But now that we got the wine glasses out there, it's like, um, it's a different thing. So it just means you gotta, you gotta be on your game a little bit more and, um, and sometimes staff a little bit more too. Cause you gotta, you know, people are wanting to do courses, you know, they want to order dessert after dinner. And that, that just wasn't what we were doing before everyone. They would just order everything at once, get it in bento boxes. We drop it at the table and slowly walk away. Spraying hand sanitizer as you go. Yeah, as you go, double barrel. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And Barbara, what were you talking about going on out at the in Vine Alley? Oh, okay. So um, before we came on, I was talking with Cindy from uh, Passaggio here, and she has a tasting room just off the plaza in that Vine Alley. And I guess the city has come to them and said that they're going to buy the parking. Uh, parklets, the, the structures um, for uh, those that want to participate. So I guess including the sausage factory, um, if that uh, opens, uh, if they get a, become a part of it, but they were included in the offer, it would take five parking spaces, you know, that's right in front of Vine Alley, and they would divide it up and share that for tasting. Now, what Cindy was saying is that they have to, they're gonna, this is going to be good until spring of 2022. So okay. the city is, yeah, I thought that's really interesting, 2022. And that um, if all five of them participated, it would mean that she could get two tables um, out there, two four tops. Um, and then she has two two tops on the alley. So that would increase her ability to have it to, you know, 12 people, I guess. Um, but it means she needs another staff because you can't have people sitting outside the tasting room and having to lock the door all the time, right, to serve those people out on the street. And then, and then the question she was saying comes to is like, you know, she opens at 11 and she has a group at 11. Could she use somebody else's table if they don't open till 12 or one or, or if they're closed on a Tuesday and, and stuff right. um, so she's trying to figure out what she's going to do if she's going to invest in you know because you want to build it out so it has some character to it i was you know we were talking about how the girl in the fig they took one of those walls you know the wood walls and put it out there in their parklet um to try to make it feel like you know you're not just sitting in it the looks gutter. nice i mean i mean the, the, the like we're there at this this the gutter is very deep on that side of the plaza so it's a yeah. serious step down. I guess the city's going to yeah. have to build a uh, ADA there, um, 
So we were just talking about that. Wow, that's a good one there, Cindy. Um, uh, someone just came and dropped this off for Cindy. Oh, nice. Is it there the leader go. or the 750? No. Wait, what? Okay. Is this a leader? No, I think there's a 750. It's just a tall bottle. I see more Camus and leaders now than I've really. Yeah, they're, that's their new thing. Is their cab and leaders, and it, they're not aging no, very is, long because. This is seven fifty. This is this is special select. So this, right. this is theoretically the good stuff still. Yeah. Brian, have, nice, you have you finished selling uh, your wine over to Benchmark? Oh, actually, just yesterday, John. Did you I went through. I had to go in go in on my day off on Tuesday, and compile six hundred and one bottles of wine from all over the hotel. Um, that must have been fun. I Actually. thought it was going to take three hours. It took eight. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. And then they came yesterday morning, um, inspected all of it, and took it away. So what's, what's funny is, sorry, Sam, is that then I came in, went through the cellar last night, and was looking at what was left and thought, I still have an incredible wine list. And they just took away like some incredible shit. It's I'm amazing. What do you think the total on that will be? Six hundred bottles of really expensive wine. I mean, it, it was it was over a hundred grand. Wow! Wow! There you go. That's shopping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had a hundred grand, I would have bought what I put out. So, it what should nice. we look for in our next our next emails from Benchmark? You <laughs> you're gonna look for um, a lot of uh, scarecrow. Um, uh, some a lot of Harlan, a lot of Bond. Um, you're gonna see some Dujac, so you're gonna see some Echazo, some, um, some Romanet Conti, um, some Margot. You know the uh, Rothschild. It was all. It was like the the blue chip shit. You know, it sounds it. Believe yeah. me. But no, they didn't no. want any of the Costa Brown. None of the William Selium. They took a lot of the Aubert Chard, but left me with. Um, with some of it. I mean, I basically offered up a, a list of what I was willing to sell. And they um, they took a lot of uh, Litteri, um Pinot, left me with some Sonoma Coast, but took all like the Wenling and the, <laughs> it's like, they, obviously whoever does the buying, they know what they're looking for. I mean, that, that is kind of an interesting um, sort of little snapshot into what they think is is going to move that the, 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 the arrows are pointing down on Costa Brown and up on Litteri is a pretty cool place, frankly, for the Pinot Noir world to be landing. No William Selium. They didn't right. take any of that. Um, yeah. I mean, and savvy too, right? Both of those places are you know, not in the same sort of like ownership structures that they were not very long ago and don't have the, are clearly, you know, losing some of their collector cachet because there's probably a lot more of them than there used to be too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So a rebuilding finally get to do a little rebuilding of the wine list in a. How many bottles do you think you have left after selling six hundred and one? A lot. <laughs> Still a lot. Like I don't know total number of bottles. I'd have to count it up on the next inventory, but. Um, skews, you know, it used to be over 500 skews, but now I'm sure it's going to be, it's gotten down to maybe 350, which is a good start. I still want to 
still want to whittle. Do you want it like bit. under a hundred? I would love that. You know, I would love to have a wine list with 50 wines. I think that'd be great because it's, it's just focused on exactly what you, what I thought would be cool is to do like new world, old world. So you have a Tempranillo from Spain and then a Tempranillo from California. And then you have an Avarine, you know what I mean? You where you're, mm. you're sort of um, pairing together varietals. So the, the, the idea would be that for the table that they buy both and you're doing like comparative tasting to see similarities and differences. If you can get them to be the same vintage, that would be awesome. Um, it, Cause then you could just talk about soil and climate. Right. That'd be be cool. neat. Yeah. But that's oh, a project, that's a project that I don't, <laughs> I don't have time for right now, but maybe in January, February. Yeah. All right. So what about, uh, you know, uh, so no Halloween, right? But I guess that's my segue to Thanksgiving's coming. Cook more duck. And, and, more duck. And yeah, so maybe it's a duck uh, Thanksgiving. Um, but more than that, people should start thinking about their, you know, they're going to need extra wine for Thanksgiving, even though they're at home with just, you know, small groups. Oh, let's, let's sell some ordering wine. Ordering early. <laughs> let's sell some wine. Hi, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, wine. are they going to do a Thanksgiving, um, a Thanksgiving at the hotel? You know, we two months ago, I th or a month and a half ago, they put the menu out and we started taking reservations, but that's not happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I haven't heard yes or no, but unless you'd have to plan on the weather being, you'd have to know that the weather was going to be okay that day in order to do outdoor dining. And nobody knows that. So Don't they just take the walls off the pavilion. Uh, that'd be too many people. No, you know, what's in the pavilion right now. Cal fire decided that they were moving in the, yesterday or the day before. So we are now the command center for Cal fire. <laughs> Those guys like that. Seriously? Huh? They, they like life at the Fairmont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will surf say, surf. <laughs> walking. You know, my parents stayed there for a few nights during the glass fire, not because they were evacuated, but just you know, they were close enough. Um, and we we stopped in and had brunch one morning with them. And as we were leaving, there was there was no fire trucks in the parking lot when we got there. And as we were leaving, it was definitely like, you know, all of a sudden, these all these guys from Cal Fire. And and watching Cal Fire firefighters who had you know spent the night on the line that was a you know morning after things you know one of the last kind of scary nights of the glass fire um, at least on the Sonoma side um, or maybe two watch, nights yeah watching them drag themselves and these like big old gear bags up the steps of the Fairmont in dirty firefighter you know uniforms through the Fairmont was a pretty striking yep. visual. Um, you know, you have this, this, the fanciest hotel in town and these firefighters marching through it, you know, covered in dust and set. It was, uh, it was, it's pretty cool, actually, I got to say. Um, and then some of the firefighters gave Althea some of their, like, the candy they get in their, their lunches on the line. These like, you know, generic brand gusher, like gummy, you know, fruit snacks. <laughs> so she was happy too. <laughs> And it was great for them to interact with the evacuees too. So all the people from Kenwood and Oakmont and, right. you know, to have them outside for the wine tasting and then, you know, the firefighters come rolling through and the, it was all, 
thank you, thank you. Um, it was, it's, it's cool to see that because, you know, sometimes you just watch the news and you see there's a fire. So you see pictures of fire and people going off to fire. But to see the actual human interaction between the firefighters and the people that have been evacuated and that they saved their homes right. was, um, was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, so they set up shop in the pavilion and I think they are planning on being there for a couple months. So the duration of fire season until yeah. we get two inches of rain. Yeah. yeah. Wild. That's going to be cool. some nasty ass. Uh, when it rain, when, it, when we get a good rain, man, it's, it's going to be like a super washing of uh, a cleansing of a power wash. Yeah. You know, uh, my sister lives near Boulder, Colorado. And Estes Park is, you know, is a place that holds a lot of special meanings for us. We vacation there as kids. And it's on fire right now. They've got fires just heading right towards it. And they are getting people out. It's really sad. They can't get airplanes up there to do a whole line and drop, you know, fire retardant on it. It's all backwoods. And it's just burning like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fire season is... Um is far from over in fact we're really like just now especially for our for the west coast just now getting into it um, yeah, you know, seems like maybe, we're under red we're under red flag today till right. what till tomorrow afternoon and it's gonna be in the upper 90s today yeah you know, yeah we today. had uh, we had no power last night for a while a lot of people coming into the hotel with no checking into the hotel because they're anticipating being having no power for three days yeah, and her, my parents are out. My parents have been out since uh, about six o'clock last night. Yeah. So. So, did anyone see Jason Haas's um, post about uh, about the weather patterns in Paso? No. No. Um, okay. Let me wait. It's going to need a minute to come up. Friend of the program, Jason Haas. Exactly. Okay, you ready for this? I'm working on, uh, this is uh, on his Twitter feed. I'm working on a Tablas Creek har harvest recap blog to, uh, and got to dive into the temperature data. It hasn't been an illusion. The 2020 harvest season has been really hot since August 10th, just 15 days cooler than the seasonal average versus 46 days above and often significantly so. And he goes on to say, put it another way, our August degree day totals were 25% above average of what is already our hottest month. September was 21% above average, and the first nine days of October were 55% above our 20-year average. No wonder harvest was short. We finished picking October 9th. I mean, you know, it got hot in August and it hasn't really cooled down yeah. and that's the whole state. And, you know, without the fires that would have had an, you know, would have had a dramatic impact on both the quantity and quality of, of the 2020 vintage, you know, you add in the fires and, you know, what was the coldest day in between, you know, August 10th and, and October 1st, was the day that it was so smoky that the sun never came out and and that freaked plants out the plants were all weird after that you know this like day where the sun didn't come out uh, well i don't think days. we ever talked we I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast sam but 
that picture that you posted about the green growth coming out, the right. brand new growth coming out right. of the old, the, the, the cane. Right. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, and that I mean, had to be some sort of weather related push. The vine acted like it was spring. Like it had gone from, you know, a growing season, you know, into the growing season because those three days that it was really dark and smoky, it acted like, uh, you know, either early fall or like late spring kind of light for the plant. And then the sun came back out and the skies were actually pretty blue for a week or two. Um, and the fog came in and the vines started growing again because they thought they'd gone from, you know, uh, eight hours of daylight to 12 hours of daylight. It was right up before the, the equinox. And that's a trigger to a photosynthesis system that it's time to start growing. So, you know, there was, there was vines that had turned red that looked like they were going through what we call cyanosis, cyanosis, something like that. When the, you know, when, when leaves turn colors in the fall and then out of the end of those shoots was green growth. Like it was, you know, May, June. Um, and that definitely, you know, whether or not fruit got damaged from smoke, um, vine, vine shutting down and then turning back on in this way, um, I think stopped a lot of flavor development. Um, and, and that's, you know, especially the you know, harvests after that um, and, and the October stuff, whether or not there was smoke, there was just sort of a, a lack of flavor in a lot of things that we've tasted um, mm. that I think is attributed to that weird sort of, you know, vine freak out from the weather. Yeah, wasn't it Phoenix that they set a record for 130 days consecutively of temperatures over 100 degrees? I didn't know. That's crazy. Where was that? Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, I know it's normally hot there, but I don't think that it was a record of, so that's, what, how many months is that? That's four, over four months yeah. of it being over 100 degrees every day. Fuck that. Yeah, like June, July, August, September? Yeah, yeah, end of September, I think somehow one day that was like just under or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Why would you live there? <laughs> there are no allergies. I know well, that. There's not in Hawaii either, and it's always 79. <laughs> You're on an island, way, way. Yeah, thank God, away from COVID. Great. <laughs> Fly to Hawaii now, Brian. That's what you, I heard. You know, test, I think you got to take a test clean. and, yeah. Test at the airport well, before you leave. You go right. to, like, Oakland Airport, and there's, like, a rapid test. And if you pass the test, you get on the plane and go. Hmm. I'd be down. Yeah. Packing up right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Jim, you guys want to? He's, uh, mm. as I caught him, just dra draining. Yeah, this is uh, my goal today, John. I didn't really want to talk about stuff that 2020 vintage stuff. I wanted to talk about for your birthday, you know, the future and good things. Um, so that was why I brought the 2020 homage Blanc, which is, just banging, um, you know, the, the Roussan Grenache Blanc ton of like pear, uh, the, the cellar master called it juicy fruit, like juicy fruit gum had that kind <laughs> yeah. of flavor, almost has that kind of color too. Um, and then this is something that we made at, Ooh, uh, made at Repris, um, made with Eric Bradley. Um, and it is 
like 80% Sangiovese from the Dos Limones Vineyard and uh, 20% Cabernet from an unnamed, uh, highly regarded Moon Mountain District uh, vineyard um, and co-fermented, uh, aging in large format barrels and it's going to be bottled in December. And it is, it's awesome. 20, That's 2019? 2019, you know, we call it the Super Tuscan. You're not allowed to call it Super Tuscan. Um, the Dos Limones oh, Vineyard is on... <laughs> well, we, Dos Limones is on Sober Vista Roads. So I think we're going to call it Super Sober Vista. There um, you go. Sober Vista, there you go. Um, but it is, yeah, it's it's killer. Sam, do you know so, what the oak regimen is on that? It's it's in neutral large format barrels. Cool. For the most part. Uh, uh, 500 or whatever the big ones up one. I don't know. I can't. So, um, I talked to Dave Ramey this week. Um, kind of talked, he was, he commented about something about making fun of natural winemakers. And on that, I said, Oh, it sounds like it's time to be back on the podcast, David. And so he'd like to come back on in March. They are introducing their first Sonoma County Cabernet. Oh. Um, and it's going to be from, uh, I'm going to draw a blank on the name of the ranch, but it's in the hills west of Lake Sonoma. So <laughs> like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily, um, uh, uh, what is, what is it called? A rock pile. I think it's north of rock pile, but definitely a cool climate kind of Cabernet uh, location. Um, so uh, he's, they're going to release it in March. He'd like to come on then and talk. Wait, about wait a minute. You're, oh, first Sonoma cab. Okay, because I'm like, I've had first the Claret. Cab. Okay, because I know they do a Claret. I think I have some Claret at the hotel. And then, then I, yeah, they do a cab from Napa. So it's a Yeah, yeah he's always cab. been a Napa cab guy. Um, but he's Sonoma Shard and Napa cab is kind of Ramey, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully, COVID or not, he sends us some sample bottles, if that's what he wants to come on to talk about. If you're listening... Which I'm sure he does. Everybody listens. Uh, if you're listening, David, send some samples. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Thanksgiving. Know, Sam, what should? What, are you guys even shipping right now, Sam? Like or Bart? If you, if people order wine right now, are you guys? You guys are doing your wine club shipment, right, Sam? Yeah, we are. We are shipping like crazy people, and I say we, the royal we. It's really Paul and Jasmine and Paul's daughter Bailey, and I mostly okay. just talking to a microphone and speaking to phones and cameras um but yeah we're in the we're in deep into wine club shipments um we're about probably about halfway through through that so if you haven't gotten your wine club you know you're, you're a phil semi member you haven't gotten your fall release it's on its way and if it's not call us we'll get it on its way um and doing some other virtual tastings some like thanksgiving related virtual tastings uh, some private groups and and sending out wine this is um you know, October 1st hits and it's go time as far as um, selling and, and shipping wine are concerned. So there's a lot of, you know, there's some orders from over the summer that people would place that, you know, instead of spending $200 to overnight it, a case of wine across the country, they said, just hold on and, and ship it when the weather gets good. So um, I think we'll actually start shipping to even sort of like the South Arizona, Texas, Florida is the big three um, starting next week. Once our heat wave breaks, really. Right. I, um, I'm doing a, this weekend, the first uh, Zoom tasting for the Zinfandel uh, kind of retrospective that I sent oh, out. Oh, that's right. 
Um, so just it's it's there weren't that many. Uh, I think I had ten inquiries and still have a few more if people want to get in on it. But um, so I'm just kind of doing it with some groups. There were a couple people who uh, bought it together that live in the same area. Um, so cool. But yeah, I'm definitely shipping wine. People are starting to uh, starting people starting to, to order for sure. Yeah, wasn't there somebody? Uh, who was that who posted the picture that was like, it was like Trefethen, Bedrock, Dane, and 16600. Oh, was that was... Um, was that Jeremy uh, Stimson? The Dirty Wine No, I think guy? it was... Um, no, I think it was um, Travis Barkley. Maybe. Oh, Travis Barkley. Yeah. North Carolina. So North Carolina's North getting Carolina. their wine. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's on. Shipping season is on. Order your wine now. For sure. But save some because I might have some secret special releases coming in November and December. So, so don't spend all your money right now. <laughs> oh, and who did I get to meet, Sam? The other day I got to meet um, Gatto Face. So oh, you met Tim Gatto. Yeah. He, so he, this guy shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm here to pick up these bottles of wine. Tells me he's working on the labels. and um, I think I had forgotten to tell you guys to put the wine aside. Yeah, that's right. We took care of it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So then we just started chatting, and then I, I'm like, wait a minute. Are you are you Gatto Face on Instagram? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I know who you are. <laughs> so then I talked to him about doing my label, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know how much I'd have to invest. He's like pretty, um, like soup, what do they say? Soup to nuts? Like he's like, talks about marketing and um, logistics and all that kind of, oh, sweet. So he's oh, yeah, working on nice, the... Um, He's working on the Autotet labels, the new yeah. labels. Right. So you guys are gonna. Now, am I allowed to say what you guys are doing? Sure. I, I, you know the thing. I'm I'm like a what you call in like old day marketing an embargo kind of guy where you build the suspense and don't release anything, and then I always forget and send Philippe stuff as it's happening, and he immediately posts it on Instagram or on Facebook, no matter what. So, uh, yeah, yeah the, it's the secret. Yeah, you guys, you guys are doing basically a box set, right? And the way he was talking, you guys are gonna have a pretty baller box with. The That's very downstream of you, um, Sam. Funny, you should very downstream. <laughs> Lots of foil. <laughs> And I and I heard it's. I think the price was going to be three hundred bucks for the three, which I thought was a good a good round number. I, I think it might actually be a little lower than that. Wow. Yeah, we're we're still you know, when you deal with a Phil Katuri and B, then you have Philippe Combe across the across you know halfway across the world, and then you throw in Isabel into the mix, and and um, everything is always changing, always. Um, yeah. But you know the the ideas. The the red wine will be, you know, maybe 35, 40% higher than say the price of those bottles were as a 16,600. So if you, you know, think about an Oakville Grenache and a, and a Rossi Grenache in the mid sixties from 16,600. So, you know, extrapolate on that. And then the Adutet Rosé, $49 a bottle. Um, and and that's the that's you know pretty much where we've stuck on that. So the the eighteen the eighteen was forty forty nine, the nineteen will be forty nine. So um, you know I, my guess is the at least the initial offer on the three pack will be somewhere in the you know low two hundreds. Nice. Um, so 
mid mid low two hundreds. Don't cool. quote me. Labels don't quote me. Don't say I heard you on the podcast say it'd only be one hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. No, I said it was gonna be three hundred. So they right. they're getting yes. a deal. I heard on the podcast it was three hundred dollars. <laughs> if if you mention Brian Casey when you order your Audutet, I will charge three. you at least sixty dollars more than I was gonna charge you earlier. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right, guys. I gotta get uh, off to uh, off to the hotel. All right. Well, stay away from Mr. Karen and his Ferrari. <laughs> He's long Enjoy gone. Enjoy and have God. a good one, Brian. Yeah. Thank you. It's what? What is it? Thursday. So, Bart, no more um, NFL on Thursday nights. We just decided to. We weren't getting a big turnout for that, but we are still doing the food truck on Fridays and Saturdays um, with live music. So, anyone that lives locally, oh. you want to come out? It's it's kind of cool. Bart's actually Dane. Yeah, Dane's swimming today from six to seven, so I might kill an hour and come over and uh, park my Ferrari in the front. All right, come over Shannon, and uh, Shannon Blanc life is good. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll pop the cork on a um, Silver Oak Napa cab for you. <laughs> Four hundred dollars. <laughs> I got two cases in my car. Like he just keeps it in his car. Like, it just drives around with him. Smart guy there, right? Smart guy. <laughs> Fucking douche. All right, guys. John, happy birthday to you. I hope you have a good dinner tonight. Happy birthday, John. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. And if you guys want to check out past episodes, you know where to find them. Radiomisfits.com backslash winemakers. And subscribe, review, order wine. It's fall. It's a good time to do it. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So order your wines for Thanksgiving. Make sure you get it for the, uh, for the holiday. Everyone's going to need it, especially with uh, Thanksgiving is going to be after the election. So I can imagine, but there, there might still not be a decision because of all the absentee ba- ballots. So this man, what a great few bottles of alcohol on the table. Um, Uncle Marty, who is a big Trumper, um, you know, has one too many. This is going to be fun. <laughs> order more wine i think you're gonna need more That's, wine That's yeah you're gonna need more wine for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys peace out all right man see, see ya, ya.